Welcome to another episode of Rising Tide Startups Podcast. My name is Kevin Pruitt and I'm your host and it's my pleasure today to have Kate St. Hilaire with us as a guest. Kate, thanks for joining us. Hi everyone, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I appreciate your, your time today and uh, it's about 15 degrees outside, so if you see me <laughs> shivering and, and bouncing up and down, that, there's a good reason for that. But well, it's zero here, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a heat wave just south of you, so. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Give me a one or two minute kind of personal bio and just a little background. Yeah, so my name is Kate and I'm from Maine. I'm here in Maine now, that's why it's so cold. But I, let's see, I um, I have a degree in psychology. I went to, went to school in Massachusetts and so I just moved back to Maine this past spring actually. And I had lived down there for a few years and I was actually working in the mental health field for a few years and I was working with adults with severe mental illnesses and uh, it's yeah, it's been a, always been a passion of mine in, to be in psychology and, and mental health, and that's kind of what led me to find coaching. And yeah, and I, I love to travel as well. So travel has been a huge passion of mine. I studied abroad in college and have gone to gone to a few places, but I really wanted to find something that I could do that would allow me to travel and work, you know, my work my career around my lifestyle. So that was really important to me and. And yeah, I've, I've been hugely supported in my journey. So it's been, it's been very cool. Well, tell us about your, your business specific. What, what is it that you do that you've, you've crafted a lifestyle uh, or a business around your lifestyle? Kind of unpack that a little bit for us. Yeah. So I'm a mindset coach. I say I'm a mindset coach, and I help them to leverage their strengths so that they can build meaningful relationships in their business and network in a way that feels good for them. So, you know, not having to do all that small talk or feel like they have to be extroverted to succeed in their businesses. So that's essentially, you know, what I help them with. And there's a lot of fears that they may have that come up. And so I help them with their mindset around that. So that it buffered just a second there. So you said you're a mindset coach for entrepreneurs, but is it a specific type of entrepreneur? Not, not, not usually. I've, I've been finding throughout my time, you know, with my, with research and whatnot, that they tend to have some more specific, like with the men that I work with, they'll, they'll tend to be, you know, software engineers or, uh, digital marketers sometimes, but there are a lot of, you know, introverts that are more in that technical space. And so for, and then with the women, they tend to be life coaches as well, or, um, or health coaches or something like that. So, you know, it's, it's a range, but sometimes there is a pattern of people who are more likely to come into my space. Okay. We're going to, we'll probably unpack this a little more, but just, just one more kind of follow-up question about the, the mindset coaching space. Is it, is it geared more toward helping people do their current role better or is it geared more toward helping them maybe transition to something else you know maybe something similar to what you're doing is it i mean are you coaching them to to build a, a business around their lifestyle type thing kind of the chris gillibo type yeah not not that specifically i help more with them to feel better about the way that they're going about their current businesses right because i've found that they tend to feel like they have to do things that don't feel good for them in their businesses maybe like 
you know, having to be someone they aren't Mm -hmm. and, you know, having to take up all that energy to interact with people constantly. And so I help them, you know, do their businesses and, but do it in a way that suits their personality more and without having to do all of that other, you know, stuff that they've been kind of not hate, not liking and not enjoying as much. Maybe more the superficial, like, what's the, what's the game face I have to have on at work type thing. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so what was the kind of the inspiration? I mean, you touched on just briefly, but, but when did you start this business or when did you transition to it? And you know, what was kind of the pathway to go from say the mental health field? And I'm, I'm guessing maybe in more of a clinical or a group home type setting to, or a practice (laughs) setting to, to your lifestyle business. Yeah, exactly. So I actually, always knew, well, didn't always know, but this, my journey's sort of been a long journey in the sense of when I was, when I studied abroad was my first initial, I need to do something. I need to have a career that fits around my lifestyle. I need to, I need to travel. Like this is what feeds my soul and I need to be able to have this freedom mm-hmm. and do, you know, do more without just having that two weeks of vacation time. I didn't but, hear it. See that you suffered in Australia for your study abroad. Did I, did I see that somewhere? Oh, I had just made a post about it actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being but, facetious. Yeah, I, I did. Um, yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was amazing. It was a really, it was a really life-changing trip for sure. Somebody and, had to suffer down there and, yeah, and go down yeah. there and study. I, okay, I'm assuming you studied. Yeah, yeah right. It, uh, it was so awful. No. <laughs> Hate to go yeah, to the beach it, again. I know it was. It was hard to go to class though, for sure. I'm sure. I'm but sure. it was um, the. They were so laid back there. Like the the teachers and the professors were almost like encouraging the study abroad students to skip class at some times because they knew how beautiful their country was mm-hmm. and they wanted to explore it so uh, it was it was just really cool because growing up in Maine I hadn't experienced a lot of different you know cultures and countries like I did because I you know stayed here most of my life and so going other places it was finally like wow there's so much to see in the world and you know if I just have a a job where I only have two weeks of vacation a year that doesn't allow me much wiggle room to do anything else and so uh, for you know a few years after that it was you know, figuring out what I wanted to do and what I liked and what could work. And it was a lot of trial and error of, of many different things mm-hmm. that I enjoyed. And so I, you know, after I graduated, I ended up going and getting a, a nine to five job, but it was not your typical office job. Like I said, it was, yeah, I was working in what they call a clubhouse, which is a day program for right. adults with mm-hmm. mental illnesses. And so, you know, it was a different kind of job and I loved it I actually you know loved that setting and being with with people who you know I was still helping and I was you know enjoying their company and doing what I was doing I was passionate about that but I was still going to the same place every day Mm -hmm. I still felt two weeks vacation yeah Yeah. I actually had good vacation time because I think they they made up for the the pay rate by getting more vacation Yeah, so, just the just I mean the emotional roller coaster that you would be on, you know, yeah. in that role. I mean, my virtually half of my family works with adult um, adults with Down syndrome. Oh, okay, so yeah. I, I mean, they're they're you know constantly there's two or three living in their house at any given time, and and it's just a it's oh. amazing to see the sacrifice though that it takes 
Um, but but they would say it's absolutely worth it because just the joy they receive, you know, from mm -hmm. from working with those guys. I mean, it's just it's amazing. I mean, it really is amazing to see. So it really is a calling. It is. Yeah. And I, I miss it. I do miss it because that was the hardest part about leaving was I had bonded with these people and they bond with you as mm -hmm. they're this yeah. person that's there to support them where they don't have a lot of that support in their lives. So it was really hard to leave. But I knew it was something I needed to do for myself. Right. And so, um, so yeah, I actually, I left that just last year in, in the spring and I had, but I had started my business a few months before, before doing that. And, and yeah, it led me, but it took me a while to actually nail down what I wanted to do for a business. Mm -hmm. And it was just a lot of thinking about it. So, you know, I knew I, I wanted to give myself some time and not have to rush into anything. And so having that job too for a few years allowed me that space transition. To do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, you're the, the mindset coach. I mean, it's not like that you've taken this drastic, you know, shift from even, even no. your university studies. So, I mean, there's a lot of carryover from what you were doing before probably to, to what I'm assuming. I don't want to make any assumptions. I mean, you, but I, I would think that it's almost in the same track, you know, as, as you're, yeah. as you're shifting into this. So, um, you started this a year ago, just looking at your online presence. It's amazing what you've accomplished in a year. I mean, just with the Facebook group and that the Facebook group will be in the notes, but tell us what the name of the Facebook group is. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's called the bold and introverted entrepreneur. And I started the group shortly after I started the business. So I started it last March in 2017 and it grew slowly at first, but it, it's good that way because with introverts, it's always that slow burner type of approach wow. with everything. And so that's how I am. And I know that's how other introverts are. So if I had, if I had had a group that grew quickly, it wouldn't have been comfortable for the audience that I am targeting. Or and the or the admin of the of the group. No. <laughs> exactly. It was, you know, good for me too to get comfortable with the live videos and, right. you know, putting my, my posts out there and, and all of that stuff. And so it was it was great great to have that, that time too to figure out what they needed and what they wanted and and you know what kinds of things they wanted to hear. So it worked out well and and yeah, it's it's an amazing community. I love I love being in there. I love enjoying you know I enjoy my time that I spend in there and just coming up with new ways all the time that I, I can make it better. Mm -hmm. Well, so, so what since you started, tell me the um, what are one or two like non financial goals that you had in mind when you started? You said okay, mm -hmm. I want to achieve this by this period of time, or or maybe not specific goals with a calendar date, but what did you have in mind that said, this is what I want to accomplish? This is, this is kind of the two big rocks I want to, I want to move in the first year or two of my business. Let's see. Well, it was definitely growing that community to a place where I felt, you know, it was very engaged and the numbers at first, the numbers matter to me and quantitatively at first, sure. but then it, it started changing and the quality is so much more important. And so I, you know, sometimes, you know, the numbers are still, still matter to me, of course. And, you know, growing it is important mm -hmm. to me because you start having a more of a community feel as you grow, but that quality is there. You know, some people now have groups that are 
20, 30, 40,000 people. So it's not, you know, has 630 something people, my family and friends would be like, wow, that's a ton of people. But to me, it's like, well, it's actually small in, in, in comparison to some of the groups I'm in. Yeah, yeah. But the, the quality of it is so amazing. It's so engaged. And that's what, what was my goal was to have that community feel of people who could go for support and introverts who could feel that they could get support from the other members. And I feel that it has, it has gotten to that point now Mm -hmm. where we're starting to feel more comfortable to interact with each other and make posts in the group and ask questions and whatnot. It reminded me kind of the old adage of the difference between introverts and extroverts. Introverts are an inch deep and a mile wide and extroverts are an inch wide and a mile deep. And it sounded like that was kind of the mentality you had when you were starting your group. And, and I think it, it shows in the way people interact in the group. And so was that your primary strategy starting was, was to build that Facebook group? Was that your, your primary growth engine for what, you know, for your side, your business you wanted to start? Yeah, I actually, I was doing an email list and a group simultaneously. And then I just, you know, I made some mistakes along the way with my email list and I just didn't target the right people towards that. And so I I put my focus in the group. I, I started just wanting to focus on one platform as well. Right. And Facebook was that platform for me. I tried Instagram for like a month and it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, not, it was, yeah, it was not, there was not as much depth on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That was what I was looking for. And so, yeah, my group became my sole focus in, you know, that growing that audience. And it seems like that when you look at the different platforms, you know, whether it's Instagram or Pinterest, they seem to be very visually driven. The, Mm -hmm. you know, Twitter seems to be this quick hit, say it in certain number of characters. And and it's the feed scrolls by so fast that it's it doesn't seem to be as evergreen in essence as Facebook would be, you know, in, in your group. I mean, you can go back and look at your yep. videos. You can go back and look at, you know, prior posts, you know, um, just interaction between members of the, of the audience. But um, so tell me your lowest point since you started your business. Oh, I, uh, I had no, it's really, one. <laughs> oh, I know. No, I had, I can think of it so clearly in my mind. I had a really low point in the fall actually mm-hmm. And I was, I am not a quitter whatsoever. So I knew this was like, I knew this was a super low point Mm -hmm. when I was, I even had the thought of quitting because to me, like I, I actually like, I quit a lot of sports and stuff growing up. So, you know, that it's, it's funny because if I don't like something, I would, you know, I'd be happy to just not do it. But this is something that I was, I knew that it's my lifelong thing. Like I'm not quitting this, but it was such a low point that I just, it felt like, it felt like life had just been, you know, hitting me over and over again. Like Mm. so many lessons were thrown my way that it kept feeling like, is this a sign that I'm not supposed to do this (laughs) or something like, but it was more of, you know, can you handle this lifestyle? Mm. Because it is a really it's an it's an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. this you know entrepreneurship lifestyle yeah. because you're making your own money you're you know putting yourself out there and i'm you know for me especially like i'm putting my story out there i'm putting a lot right. of vulnerable personal things to connect with my audience mm-hmm. and so it's even more i feel 
hard, like hard to put that out there. And then, you know, wanting to see that return is even more meaningful, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And so, so yeah, I hit a really low point where I just, you know, it was really hard getting clients and I felt like no one was responding to my message and wanting to pay me for it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They were inspired by my words, but it wasn't translating to, oh, let me work with you. And I took it very personally because I'm an INFJ. And so INFJs, if you don't know, are very feelers. And so it was hard to... But they do it quietly. Yeah, exactly. It's all internal. Yeah, so I didn't talk to many people, and you know, it was it was a hard thing to admit when I was making mistakes and admitting to the failures, and so, so yeah, it was one of those moments where I was just like, I have a choice right now. Like, I can quit and go get a regular, normal, like nine to five job, or I can, I can keep going and keep doing this, and and st- take a step back mm, and take yeah. the emotion out of it, and realize what I need to work on because I think that was the most important thing I realized is that I needed to look at it from not a personal standpoint and how right. to fix what I was doing in a way that that would work we have uh have you ever heard of of um there's, it's actually a book but it's called the four agreements by I have a guy named Don Ruiz I mean we actually have those printed out and we have as a family, we have those on our refrigerator and it says always be impeccable with your word. Uh, never, uh, or always assume the best, never take things personally. And the last one is, uh, do your, I think do your best. And it's just such a great reminder of, you know, just cause it's so easy to take things personally. It's so easy to assume what people mean when they say things and, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's just a good reminder, and I, and that's once again, I think that helps your 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 Facebook group with your vulnerability. I mean, I think mm-hmm. it, it helps them grow and it helps add depth to your group. So, um, what's your let's let's I hate to end on a low note. I mean, I was an athlete in college, in high school, and and our coach <laughs> would never let us leave the court unless we made the last shot in basketball. So there you go. Um, let's let's <laughs> let's let's bring this back up, up to a yeah. high point. What's your high point? Other than today's podcast interview, what was, what's another <laughs> another high point? Yeah, so let's see. It's been, I guess, this past month has been really amazing. I have I felt like I have started joining communities. Well, I have joined communities that I feel I connect with so many people who are also sharing vulnerable things, and they're genuine, very, very genuine mm-hmm. in their approach with their businesses. Where for so long I had been. I had been only interacting with people that I felt were a little bit fake and mm-hmm. not, you know, only in it for the money and not really helpful and didn't suit my, didn't fit with my personality either. And now I've been making like some of my best friends online in these groups. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really interesting because it, it can sound so silly, but like I connect with a lot of these people on such a deep level and, and they're you know very similar to me in that way. And, and it's amazing to learn from them as well because they are finding huge success in right. being their real selves. Right. So. And I, I think you can feed off each other too. I mean, you can you can help each other build. You know, using your network to build theirs and vice versa. And it's and it really is from a 
from, a, I guess, an authentic standpoint instead of just, I'm, I'm in it just so I can make friends with you so you can build, help me build my audience type thing. And I, there are, really are two huge communities, you know, out there. Well, I guess one huge community, one small community, one small community that says, you know, really that's kind of the rising tide mentality. You know, a rising tide lifts all boats. How do we, in community, you know, work together so everyone wins? You know, the, mm-hmm. kind of the sum of the parts type thing. So um, yeah. let me shift here to just maybe one or two like pain points or obstacles that you, you think you face in your in your business that our, our listening audience may be able to speak into and and uh, just, you know, kind of highlight, you know, one liners type thing. OK, this is the, the main thing I struggle with in the business is this. And the second thing is this. Hmm. I struggle with the actual business side of my business, if that makes sense. So because I was so involved in the mental health and the psychology aspect for so long, I've never studied business or finances. That's like the opposite of the type of person I am too. Mm -hmm. So having to learn that aspect of it, which is why I had, I think I had so many failures around getting is because the marketing aspect was so new and so different to my world that I had been in for right. so long. And I had to I had to realize that because just because I wasn't able to get clients at that time didn't make me bad at what I did at mm. what I do. That's good. That's a good word. That's and good and so yeah, that took me it took me a little while, but I still like I need to know now that now I'm realizing like I need to hire some of this stuff out because mm-hmm. that's not my strong suit. <laughs> so what's, what's another thing other than this really balancing the business side of things with, I mean, the creative side just comes naturally because that's mm-hmm. just an outgrowth of who you are, but kind of adding the administrative tasks to that and, you know, about, you know, knowing what to outsource, what to do yourself, that type of thing. What's another thing that, that you would, that you struggle with that is a kind of a pain point in your business? I would say definitely the balancing of my time for sure. I think that, yeah, responding to messages or responding to Facebook comments, I get so lost in doing all of that. It takes up hours sometimes that I just end up responding to messages and, and it gets overwhelming too, where I feel like there's just always messages to respond to and I have to just be like, okay, I just can't respond to these for a little while because I have to actually work on stuff. Mm-hmm. I actually have to, you know, strategize. <laughs> yeah, I got stuff done. So, uh, so that's a that's still a struggle for me. Where I, because I'm such like a people pleaser in a way too, mm-hmm. or like, like I like to make sure I I am getting to everyone. Right. And you know, but I need to set boundaries. You know, setting boundaries for myself is is really important. It's, mm-hmm. it's still something I can struggle with. It's it's amazing. I mean, I've only done like six or seven of these of these interviews, but it's amazing how often these two things are mentioned. Really? Um, almost. I I could go back and in some form or fashion, these two things probably they were at least one of the two. Wow. And often they were they were they were both of them. So I think we're on to something. Maybe maybe we can start a new Facebook group that's just helping people achieve these two things. Yeah. We'll charge them ninety nine dollars for a little. <laughs> a little PDF that we'll send them. So yeah, always, always thinking that entrepreneurial mind. It's... Yeah, true. <laughs> so let's let's dive just a little deeper as we're as we're kind of nearing the end of our time here. But uh, just wanted to to kind of get inside the head of my psychologist friend here and and just say sure. okay. So 
who's one person online that you would say really inspired you as you kind of took the took the leap into solopreneurship or or to, to start your new your new uh, lifestyle business? Who was that one person that you could look back and say, "Yeah, they." I, I actually had them in my vision all the time, you know, as I was kind of taking this leap. Or maybe it's a couple. Hmm. Well, so in the beginning, in the beginning, let's see, I... And it probably has changed over... Yeah, it has changed because I'm, I'm trying to think in the beginning, I wasn't too familiar with the online space or coaches or anything like that, but I followed Brene Brown quite a bit. Yeah. I love her and her work and she's always been an inspiration to me in her books and her speaking and so she's you know someone I've followed and always you know live by that vulnerability aspect mm -hmm. and so, Isn't that the most watched TED talk of all time I think so I think yeah the, her TED talk it, on vulnerability was is the most watched of all I think it I think it so was cool. at one time yeah. that's so powerful it's mm -hmm. it was it is such a such a powerful concept so and so now it's actually, it has changed quite a bit in the last few months. Uh, Landon Porter, who is in the Getting Clients Without Being Salesy group, he's the one of the leaders of that group. And he's been a huge inspiration for me in the last couple of months to keep going and you know, be my real self and and get clients in a way that, that suits my personality and getting my message out there and being myself. And is that a Facebook group or is that like a coaching community you're a member of or... Yeah, it's a face. He has a Facebook group, um, but he's a he helps with sales, but he helps you get clients without being salesy. Okay. And he's just been a huge inspiration. He does. He has his Facebook group is is amazing. It's so engaged, and he just really knows his stuff mm -hmm. and is so real. He's just yeah. so real. It's just like it's fun. It's fun to watch and it's inspiring. Well, I, I'll take a quick side note here, guys. Um, those that are listening to this uh, podcast or watching YouTube, I encourage you to to look at Kate's profile on on Facebook, and you know she's mentioned that Brene Brown and and Landon Porter being authentic, but she is as well. And and uh, I mean it's it's amazing to see the different pictures and the posts that she's made where. You know, one time she'd be laying there in a hoodie <laughs> with it wrapped around her face saying, inspiration, when inspiration comes, you just do it. You don't, don't worry about the makeup, the hair being right, a contact's in, it doesn't matter. Just, just turn the camera on. And, yeah. and uh, so I think you're trying to lead by example. So, so I, as a member of your group, we appreciate that. Thank you so much. So tell me a, like a special life quote that you live by. Do you have anything like some people like tape a life quote to their computer or put it on the wall beside them or whatever? Is there any, any life quote that was really special to you? Yeah, actually it's go with the flow. Go with the flow. Very simple, but it was actually my, my meme's name, very French. <laughs> Her name was Florence and my Pepe, he would always say, just go with the flow because her, we, her nickname was flow. And so he would just always joke because, you know, it was always, you know, up to her, just go with the flow. <laughs> but it was just always like a family quote. And, you know, for a long time, I kind of thought that just meant, like, ignore bad things, go with the flow in, like, the positive sense. But yeah. it's shifted for me over the years to mean, no, you take everything and go with it. Like, you accept the bad, you accept the good, and you just work with anything that's coming your way. And don't try and force anything. 
to happen. Don't try and force it away. Just let it be and go with the flow. Well, I, I think uh, as you as you mentioned before we started that you know they had this French Canadian background. Maybe he said like "Allez avec flow" or something like that. Said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's we're gonna true. we're gonna go with flow. So go with exactly. the flow. So give me a piece of advice that um, you would give your pre-startup self. Well, if you could go back 18 months, 24 months, whatever, and, and, and talk to yourself and say, okay, do this instead of this. Just one, one kind of one strong line that would really be helpful to our listening audience. That's kind of maybe thinking about something similar to this. Yeah, one strong line. Do your research before invest because I was very naive and I trust people very easily uh-huh. and people when someone told me yes this will be a great course for you or yes I can help you be you know I can I, I invested thousands and thousands of dollars and I didn't get that return on investment right. and I worked very hard I wasn't the type of client that just didn't put in the work I mm-hmm. put in the work but they just weren't the right fit for me, and I wished I had done my research to know that it wasn't the right fit. These are mainly like online courses or courses with other coaches or stuff like that, right? Courses and one-on-one coaching, okay. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you just wanted to touch on, you want to kind of close with, and you think would, would kind of tie, tie a neat bow around our, our time today? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I just I think that... Yeah, just be yourself online. Don't try and be anyone that you're not because it's so exhausting to do that and it doesn't work out in the long run anyways. Mm -hmm. And being yourself attracts more people, attracts a bigger audience because people recognize that realness and they appreciate it and be more likely to be like your followers forever if you do that. I I mean... I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I I think that, you know, when I hear people say that, I think of two different things. I think of, you know, it's okay just being however I am versus uh-huh. I really want to be vulnerable. And I think you you really are more the side, you know, I, I'm very kind and I'm compassionate to people, but I want to, I want to show my real self in essence, yeah. you know, online instead of just saying, well, that's just the way I am. So you have to just deal with it because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, there's that there's that side of things as well. So that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. It, you, there's this you have to have that sense of. Yeah, being knowing who you are, but not being uh, what's the word like got to be compassionately vulnerable. Yeah, 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 exactly. Don't be like, oh, I don't care about <laughs> you or I'm just going to yell at you because that's who I am. Say what like, I want to say. Yeah, that's exactly that's right. not it at all, yeah. <laughs> well, Kate, well, I, I am very grateful for your time today. And, and as we wrap up, just tell our listening audience where they can find you, what's the easiest way to get in contact with you, and, and uh, just in touch, show the different ways. Is it email, Facebook? What's the, what's the best way people find you? Yeah, thank you. So I use my personal profile as well on Facebook for everything. So Kate St. Hilaire, and that's my Facebook, excuse me, and uh, my Facebook group, The Bold and Introverted Entrepreneur. And so, yeah, feel free to reach out to me there. I'd love to have you in the group. Uh, Like we've been talking about, it's an amazing community. So That it is. Well, listening audience, you've you've heard Kate kind of share her heart today and and, uh, the two things she mentioned. Um, 
just because we've had some similar things come up before, please speak into this. Go on to go on our website and and on the feedback form, we encourage you to you know to add your advice to Kate. And uh, she said a lot of things in our interview today that that you can take away as well and apply in your business. And once again, we just thank you for joining us today and and just keeping in mind that all boats rise in a rising tide. Kate, thank you. Thank you, Kevin.